0: patient comes in complaining of infertility for the last year. After a full workup, it is found that she has PCOS. What medication would you give her to help her with her infertility? Hi everyone and
1: welcome back to the Recute Podcast hosted by Jack, Daniel, and myself, Gabe. Today, we're actually going to dive into something that I think is really interesting. We're gonna talk about polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh, the article that we're discussing is titled Letrozole versus Clomiphene for infertility and the polycystic ovary syndrome. This was um, printed July 10th, 2014, in the New England Journal of Medicine. So today, Daniel is actually going to kick us off with the pathophysiology um, and the old medication that was given in PCOS.
0: So there are a lot of theories on the matter of PCOS, but according to Dr. Satar, the LH to FSH ratio in PCOS is two to one. Now the norm is that LH goes into the theca cells and produces androgens, and then they go to the granulosa cells and with aromatase and FSH, it turns that into estradiol. So you need to have LH and FSH and that produces estrogen which goes into the follicle so when the LH is very high and there is no FSH available so there's no estradiol going into the follicle so the issue is that there are a lot of androgens floating around and they end up causing hirsutism, and they also go to the fat and it gets converted into estrone in the fat and since the follicles aren't getting any of their quote unquote food they are going to die off forming many, many cysts within the ovary, hence polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh, Daniel, who is Dr. Sitar? Um, So for those of us that weren't as smart as you and actually had to study during the first two years of medical school, uh, we had this, this book and these videos to watch called Pathoma. Have you ever heard of that one? Oh, that was a purple book that everyone was holding? Indeed, it was the purple book that everyone was holding. Thank you, Jack. So as we move on, um, the normal way to treat PCOS in the past and what we always learned in school, from our books that we actually studied, Jack, when we actually studied in school, we were taught that clomiphene is the drug of choice. So clomiphene is a SERM, which is a selective estrogen receptor modulator. So basically what that did was is that it antagonized the negative feedback of the estrogen on the hypothalamus. So let's review the norm for a second. In general, the hypothalamus produces GnRH, which goes to the pituitary, which makes LH and FSH. So after FSH and LH go down into the ovary, that produces estrogen. And estrogen goes back up to the hypothalamus and has negative feedback there. So if you could inhibit that negative feedback, you will have more GnRH being produced by the hypothalamus. So this this
1: PCOS always confused me, and I think it's a little bit of a hard topic to understand, but basically what you're saying is is that at its core, PCOS is a matter of the follicles dying off, and anything that can stimulate these follicles um, will sort of resolve this PCOS. Is
0: that right? Yes. Um, I happen to have never heard anyone call it PCOS before. I usually hear it being called PCOS. PCOS, I'm is, sorry. Is that like a thing that I should have heard about? What do you think, Jack? I think it's PCOS. Yeah, it is, right? Not PCOS. Cool kid, cool kids are calling it PCOS. <laughs> uh, okay, can we hear from Genius Jack about how to really treat PCOS?
2: So, the article mentions a second medication. So, they compared Clomiphene with Letrozole. Now, what's letrazole? Letrozole is an aromatase inhibitor. So, that blocks the conversion of androgens to estrogens in the ovarian follicles. So, wouldn't that make it worse? Yeah, so, you would think that. So, they say that when you block the conversion of androgens to estrogens, two things happen. Number one is you have a fall in estrogens. With the fall in estrogen levels, this uh, releases the HP access from the negative feedback of estrogen, This creates a surge in FSH release and that stimulates the follicular growth. So point number one is that estrogen levels fall, releasing HP access from the negative feedback and then release of FSH, which results in the follicular growth. Now the second mechanism of action is that the aromatase inhibitors, they actually increase androgens and the androgens increase follicular sensitivity to FSH. So the androgens increase sensitivity to FSH Meanwhile, you also have a decrease
0: in estrogen, which increases FSH from the HP axis. Okay, Jack, so let me know if I'm understanding this correctly. So basically, the way that letrozole works is that you're increasing FSH because you're blocking aromatase, and then FSH goes really, really high, and then you stop taking the medication, and there's no estrogen, and there's a lot of FSH, and now there's no longer a block on aromatase. And then that powers through, and now it can go into, into the follicle, where previously there wasn't enough FSH to do so. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, cool.
2: All right, so now that we're done with this long introduction on the mechanism of action of the drugs and PCOS, let's finally delve into this article. So Gabe, let's uh, talk about the methods.
1: All right, sure. So the methods of this study, um, it was obviously a, a double-blind study. Uh, multi-center trial and the authors randomly assigned 750 women so n equals 750 in a one-to-one ratio so they kept it pretty simple to uh, half received letrozole and the other half received clomiphene and they were given their medication for five treatment cycles um, with visits to determine ovulation and pregnancy uh, followed by tracking of pregnancies so the polycystic ovary syndrome was defined how did they define it by the rotterdam criteria uh jack can you tell us what the rotterdam criteria is
2: yeah so basically they are three symptoms and if you meet two out of the three symptoms then you are diagnosed with pcos so the first one is hyperandrogenism second is mental irregularities and the third one is polycystic ovaries on ultrasound so if you meet two out of the three, then you have PCOS.
1: Okay, great. So we learned what the Rotterdam criteria is. Um, and now the participants were ages 8 to 40 years of age. Uh, they had to have at least one painful opium tube. And the primary outcome was a live birth during the treatment period. Um, and Jack, what were the results?
2: So the woman who received letrozole had more cumulative live births than those who received clomiphene without significant differences in overall congenital anomalies. And so the percentages were 27.5 versus 19.1.
1: For what? For congenital congenital anomalies?
2: No, letrozole versus clomiphene. So 27.5% had live births versus 19.1. Okay, okay. I see. And so the cumulative ovulation rate was higher with letrozole than with clomiphene at 61.7 versus 48.3. So, among patients who ovulated, there was a significantly greater chance of singleton pregnancy with letrozole than with clomiphene.
1: Right, so the article actually mentioned that one of the problems with clomiphene was that there was was like a multiple gestation, which was considered a disadvantage, right?
2: Yeah, you don't want to, you know, start having triplets and everything when you're trying to expect one baby. So, is there any reason why we shouldn't take this drug? Like, are there any side effects that we should know about? So they checked out side effects, and so clomiphene was associated with a higher incidence of hot flashes, while letrozole was associated with a higher incidence of fatigue and dizziness. And the rates of the other adverse events were similar in the two groups. So there's no real significant difference between both drugs. No, there isn't. And so that's why they, they say to give letrozole instead of clomiphene. Because new the adverse events are similar. Exactly. Interesting. And it works better, yeah. So in conclusion... Ovulation, conception, pregnancy, and live birth were significantly more likely after treatment with letrozole. The rate of pregnancy loss, the mean pregnancy duration and birth rate, the rates of neonatal complications did not differ significantly between the treatment groups. So therefore, give letrozole.
1: Okay, so what we should all walk away from this podcast is understanding that up until this research article in 2014, first line treatment for PCOS was clomiphene. After this research was done, it showed a superiority of
0: letrozole, an aromatase inhibitor for PCOS. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. As always, you can feel free to reach us at thericuteam at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at team. For any questions and comments that you have, you could always send them to us, any complaints. Please send them directly to Gabe. And now for the question to ponder. So the question I have for you today is that it seems that we give steroids for everything, but the issue with that could be is that steroids block the immune system from actually fighting the infection that a person might have. So if a person, let's say, comes in with COVID and you're loading them up with steroids, then they might not be able to fight off the infection that they actually have. It's true that you will stop the overfighting of the infection or the cytokine storm, but you're also risking the fact that now the body can't fight off the infection that he has. So how do you balance this? Let us know what you think and thanks again for listening.